Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. But today, Luke chapter number 19 this morning, and uh, we're going to find our place there. And I wonder if you have ever uh, found yourself at a time... Um, Maybe you're like one of those stores where you feel like your life has the sign that just says needing help. Anybody ever feel like that in life, that you just need some help? You know what? Every one of us, we've probably been there where we just need some help, need someone to help us out. Maybe it's in an emergency situation or maybe it's something uh, where we are just in a, a circumstance that we can't get ourselves out of. I'll tell you real quick about a circumstance. One of our neighbor boys, if you know our neighbors, we have... Um, Goodness, we have probably, I think the other day I was telling someone, I counted 13 kids out in our front yard. You know, there's just a ton of, a ton of kids in our neighborhood. But back in April, right after Easter, I was out doing some work on the side of the house. And as I was out there, maybe I've told the story, I don't really know, but I was out there doing some work on the house. And as I was there, I heard the kids playing. And then I just heard silence. And then I just heard, help, help. Pastor Dennis, help! And so I, I'm where I'm at. I'm thinking, man, someone's dying, you know, or something. And I, I came around the corner, and I was not prepared for what I was about to see. But it was somebody who was in desperate need of help. I turned the corner, and right as I turned the corner, one of our neighbor boys, he had been climbing on our tree. He was trying to get down from the tree. As he was coming down from the tree, he slipped he was, he was right below, right? I mean, he was only two feet above the ground. He slipped, and his shorts got caught on a branch. And so I, and I have a great picture of it. I'm not going to show it just so not to embarrass him. But his short, he is liter literally, he's hanging by the shorts, and his arms are out, and he couldn't do anything. He was just holding on to branches. He couldn't pull himself. It was just in such a precarious place that he couldn't pull himself up. He couldn't turn around and get it. He was just hanging there going, help, Pastor Dennis. And I turned the corner, and I, I lost it. I just started laughing, and I was like, wait, 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 one second. Let me take a picture. Stay there, you know? And he's like, I can't move. I, I have to stay here, you know? And he's just, just hanging there, and he's laughing, and... Man, it was still around the neighborhood when the kids climbed the tree. They taught, hey, remember when so-and-so got caught? Oh, man, that was so funny. Because I didn't help him down right at first. I took a picture, and then I went, kids, come here. Everybody come here. Dennis, come in. I started calling all the kids, all the neighborhood kids running around. He's like, that's not funny. I'm like, yes, it is. You know what? I don't know about you, but every single person in here, we've probably had a time in our life when we just needed help. Maybe it's a time when you didn't even realize you needed help. I think about this being a first responders appreciation Sunday or even uh, honoring the military. You know, a lot of people who need help from a first responder, they don't wake up that day and go, you know, I think I'm going to get in a car wreck today. Need a first responder to come. You know, I think today I'm going I'm to choke on a piece of steak and I'm going to need someone to come give me CPR. People don't wake up and think that, do they? Sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we are needing, needing help, but we don't realize we're needing it until the solution is staring us in the face. As we find our passage in Luke chapter number 19, we're coming in on a time in Jesus' life 
when he's going to come to a man who needed help. And this man who needed help, his name was Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus is one that he didn't even realize he needed help until the solution, Jesus Christ, was staring him right in the face. I want you to notice Luke 19. Stand with me if you would. Luke chapter 19. And we're going to go to Luke 19 and uh, we're going to read the first 10 verses of Luke 19 today. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 down through verse number 10. We read these words. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. Jesus was to come by that way or down that street. And when Jesus came to the place, he, Jesus, looked up and saw him, Zacchaeus, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day, is salvation come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham? For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Again, this morning, we're going to take time and notice Zacchaeus receiving help. He didn't even know he needed it until Jesus Christ, the solution, was staring him in the face. And I believe that there are some great lessons that we can learn from this passage today. And I think it'll be a help and a challenge to us as we look forward to this coming week. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Why don't you take a moment and just in the quietness of your own heart, just commit the time to the Lord. Why don't you ask him today to speak to your heart. Dear Lord, we just come before you this morning. We thank you for the word of God. I thank you, Lord, for how this applies to each and every person that's here. And Lord, I pray that as we go through the message today, that you would challenge us and that your word would speak to us. I pray for your Holy Spirit to have freedom in each of our hearts. Lord, I pray this morning that you would uh, just help us to be able to tune in. God, I pray that as we go through the morning, that if there's someone here that does not know that heaven is where they would spend eternity. I pray that today would be the day they come to know you as their personal Savior. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your love. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> as you come and find your place in Luke chapter number 19, we're coming in actually on, a, on the last about what would be the last week of the life of Jesus Christ. Uh, from this point in time, Jesus is traveling. I meant to have the map. Apologize for not having it on there. But he's traveling, and he's traveling into Jericho. It would be the southeastern part of, of Israel, kind of down by the, uh, the uh, Jordan River. And Jesus is traveling through Jericho. He's going to travel down into Jerusalem and then into Bethany. And then he'll travel into Jerusalem one last time 
And then he'll be crucified on the cross. He'll be buried. He'll rise again from the dead to prove his love for us. And so here's what Jesus is doing. He's kind of making what I like to call kind of his last rounds, if you will. He's just traveling around to some of these cities for the last time. As we come to Luke 19, we find him entering into a particular city, Jericho. Now, most of us, when we hear the term, the word Jericho or the city of Jericho, we probably think of Joshua and the battle of Jericho. You're right. Same city. Same city. The Jews, of course, have had it for, at this point, they've had it for a number of years, thousands of years now. And here's Jesus coming into this town. Well, as Jesus makes his way into Jericho, I want us, first of all, to notice the publican of Jericho today. The publican, this man in in Jericho. The Bible tells us that as Jesus makes his way into town, verse number two, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. There was a man named Zacchaeus. As we enter into Jericho, we meet Zacchaeus for the very first time, but Zacchaeus as a publican. Now let's talk about Zacchaeus just for a moment. I want you to notice a few thoughts about Zacchaeus, about him being a publican. First of all, today, we have to know that Zacchaeus as a publican, he was despised. All right, he was despised. He was not liked. If you had, if you had a, a poll in the town of Jericho for the most liked of Jericho, Zacchaeus' name would be at the bottom. Well, you say, well, why? It's because he was a publican. Well, what was a publican? If you've been at our church for any length of time, we've met publicans before. They're the tax collectors. But here's what makes them bad tax collectors, is they're Jews who actually work for the Roman Empire. So they are Jews who the Jews viewed as they had betrayed their own people. Because now, if you'll, if you'll recall, at this time, Israel is under Roman rule. They're under Roman rule, and as that Roman rule, the Romans, like many people, were very oppressive of the people of Israel and began to tax them and tax them illegally. And uh, if the emperor if, if the emperor or even the, the king of the area wanted to come in and extract more taxes just for any, well, I wanna, you, you owe me a breathing tax today. They could do that, and the Jews had no right to fight against it. They could not not protect themselves. I mean, it was just complete oppression to the Roman Empire. But then you have a Jewish man, and there was many of them, Matthew or Levi, who became a disciple of Christ. He also was a publican. You have these Jews that they would say, well, we'll go work for the Roman Empire, and we will collect the taxes for the Roman Empire from the Jewish people. So he's disliked for that reason. But the Bible doesn't tell us that he was just a publican. It tells us that he was the chief publican. That means he was the one who was over all of the area tax collectors. What that helps us in on gives us a little insight and why we would say he's despised is because Zacchaeus was one that he was taking taxes above and beyond. He wasn't just taking a few taxes. He wasn't just taking uh, just a couple of things. Zacchaeus, he was an extortioner. Zacchaeus was one, the reason we would call him despised is because here's this man that the Jews would hate because he had betrayed his own people and he is a tax collector over all the tax collectors. But what he would do is he'd take more than enough. We know he took more than enough because the Bible says there that he was rich. The word rich doesn't mean just well-off. The word rich, it means wealthy. 
to be abounding in material resources, to be abundantly supplied. So here's this Jewish man who's despised. Why? Because he's the chief publican. He's the chief tax collector. He's betrayed his own people, collecting taxes for the Roman Empire, and he's made himself rich off of the money of his own people. You know, when I think about Zacchaeus, you know who he reminds me of? If you uh, remember this old cartoon from the 80s and 90s, the old Robin Hood. You know what the chief reminds me of? He remi- or Zacchaeus reminds me of? Zacchaeus reminds me of the sheriff of Nottingham. Why? Because the sheriff of Nottingham, he took taxes from everybody. He took taxes from lame people. He took taxes from, uh, from the little kids. Remember a little kid's birthday party? He said, oh, what'd you get for a birthday party? And I got one coin. And he took the coin. That's exactly who Zacchaeus was. Zacchaeus was the one, he was despised. He was one that people would look at and say, if there is anybody in our community that truly needs help, it's Zacchaeus. We don't like Zacchaeus. We, we wish the worst on Zacchaeus. They wanted nothing to do with Zacchaeus. I see today Zacchaeus, he was despised. Not only was he despised, but I want you to notice that Zacchaeus, he was determined. He was despised, but he was determined. Verse 3 and 4, it says this, And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. We see that he sought to see Jesus. The Bible tells us that he sought to see him. The word sought there, it means to crave after or to seek after, to strive after. Uh, The word see in the next verse, it means to not only... Uh, to not only to see with the eyes, but to examine, to behold, to have an interview with, to get knowledge of, uh, to ascertain what, me, what must be done about. So when we read in our Bible that he sought to see him and he wanted to see or see and get to know who Jesus was, it wasn't just this idea that, well, you know, I, I think I'll just go down and see what's happening downtown. This was one that Zacchaeus understood. Listen, Jesus has been now at this time, he had been around for three and a half years. We're just a week away from him going to the cross and dying for the sins of the whole world. And Zacchaeus is there thinking, man, there's something about him. There's something about him. We know that he was determined to see Jesus because when you look at the verse, it says that he ran to see him. He ran. Do you see that? Look at verse number four. Verse number four, he ran before and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Now, you and I, we would read that verse, and in our culture, I mean, we'd think nothing. Man, you're driving down the road. I see people running all the time. I see some running for exercise, but I see a lot running to catch a bus or people running trying to, you know, chase someone. If you're a first responder, you're running after people all the time. Military, you're running. So for us in our culture, it's not much to see someone running. But in that culture, this was a big deal. It was a big deal. Why? Number one, because of his position, right? Chief publican. He had, he had a position in society. Even though people didn't like him, he was, he was rich in society. He was well-respected among the Romans in the society. But number two, because of the culture, Jewish men at this time, they weren't runners. They wouldn't run. As a matter of fact, it was dishonorable to run. We know they wore those robes at the time, and I would show you, but I don't have a robe, so I'm sorry. But they'd have, if this coat was a robe, they would have to take it, and they would take and literally gird up the loins. They would take that robe, and they would tie it in a knot, and they would be, they would show their legs, and that was dishonorable in that culture and in that society. And yet here we have Zacchaeus doing just that to run 
And then the Bible tells us that he goes and he climbs up in a sycamore tree. You ever seen a sycamore tree? Man, there's tons of branches, but here's this Zacchaeus climbing up in a sycamore tree. Why? He's determined. He's determined. What's he determined to do? He's determined to figure out what decision do I need to make with Jesus Christ. He's determined to figure out what decision do I need to make with Jesus Christ. So I want you to see this morning that, that Zacchaeus, he not only uh, this publican who was despised and this publican who was uh, determined, I want you to see with me today that as we go along and, and look at Zacchaeus, I want us to understand that Zacchaeus, when we talked just a moment ago that he was needing help, he didn't know he was needing help. He didn't know what decision needed to be made about Christ, but he knew I've got to meet him. We see, first of all, today, the publican determined to meet Christ and make a decision about him. But I notice, secondly, today, what I'm calling the plea. The plea, because here, here's what you have. You have Jesus there, and you have Zacchaeus there. And the Bible tells us in verse number five that when Jesus came to the place, so now Jesus is walking by that sycamore tree. He's walking by this place where uh, Zacchaeus was, and I skipped over the fact that it says Zacchaeus was of little stature. That phrase of little stature, it means that he was abnormally small, all right? He was just an abnormally short guy. If Carlos was here, I'd probably pick on Carlos, but he's not here, so you just text him. Tell him I picked on him today while he's at college. Uh, you know what? Zacchaeus, he was just an abnormally short guy. He couldn't see over everybody. I can imagine him kind of running to the crowd and trying to push his way through and couldn't see him. So oh, there's a sycamore tree. Runs over, climbs up the sycamore tree. Now he's up in the tree, and the Bible tells us that Jesus comes to that street. He comes to that way. He's passing by, and he looks up in the tree. He looks up in the tree and he notices Zacchaeus up there and Jesus says, hey, Zacchaeus, you need to get down because I'm coming over for lunch. Zacchaeus, you need to come down because I'm coming over to your house. I'm coming over to spend time with you. The plea of Christ is, Zacchaeus, I want to come into your house. Zacchaeus, I, wanna, I want you to make a decision about me. I want you to come down and receive me into your house. And we know that the people didn't like that. Well, why? Because look at verse number seven. It says, when they saw it, they all murmured. They all murmured saying, it says that they said that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. I love the word murmur. The word murmur, it doesn't mean to just complain. It means to complain throughout a crowd. It's that word murmur right there. So I can see them, you know, they're all there, all these people of Jericho, they're all there to see Jesus just like Zacchaeus is. And Zacchaeus runs, he gets up in that sycamore tree thinking that he's just going to see Jesus pass by. And as Jesus comes by, he looks up, he says, hey, Zacchaeus. First of all, Zacchaeus would be shocked. How's he know my name? And aren't you thankful that the Lord knows every detail of your life? Man, he not only knows your name, the scripture tells us that he knows the very hairs of our head that he knows what's taking place in our life. God knows what challenges you're gonna face even before you face them. And he gives you grace and strength and he's gonna give you help and peace to make all the decisions that you need to make. Man, I'm thankful that God knows us just like he knew Zacchaeus. He says, Zacchaeus, you come down, I'm going to your house. And the people, I imagine them saying, oh, you see that? Man, did you, did you see him call Zacchaeus? Didn't he know who Zacchaeus is? And word began to spread, and the word murmur, it means it began to spread throughout the whole crowd. You talk about your town gossip. It was a bunch of town gossips, all of them. Everybody's spreading this word. Hey, did you hear what happened today? 
Man, I was out there. Jesus is coming by, and you'll never guess what happened. Man, Jesus called Zacchaeus. No. The Zacchaeus? Yeah, chief publican Zacchaeus. Your neighbor. Oh, I hate that guy. Man, I can't stand that guy. Man, he's always coming over and taking my money. And his, his dog's always using my lawn. Man, I can't stand Zacchaeus. And they're just murmuring. They're complaining. Yet we find that Zacchaeus, he doesn't listen to all the murmuring. He doesn't listen to all the, all the complaining. He knows that he's undeserving. He knows that he's needing something. We find that he makes his way down, and he goes with Jesus to the house. The Bible tells us, actually, that it says in verse number 6, it says that he made haste and came down, and I love the words, received him joyfully. He made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Now, what Zacchaeus does, Zacchaeus goes and he receives God into his house, into his life. He receives Jesus into his life. And we, could, we would say it this way, that he puts his faith in Jesus in this verse. He, he receives him joyfully. He makes haste to him. And that plea of Zacchaeus, I want you to receive me, Zacchaeus makes a decision. Remember the word sought to see, and he wanted to make a decision to ascertain what decision should be made of. Zacchaeus made a decision. I'm receiving him into my life. Can I tell you that just as the plea was to Zacchaeus that you need to re- Zacchaeus, you need to receive Jesus into your house, into your life, that plea is still going out today. The plea is still out today that every single one of us, we have to receive Jesus into our life. Every single person has to receive Christ into their life. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners, and I'll talk about this in just a moment, some verses, but it says that we're all sinners. We've all sinned against God, and because of that, we're separated from God. And we need to have that relationship restored with God, and that only happens as we receive Jesus into our life. Just as Zacchaeus received Jesus into his house, we must receive Jesus into our life. But I want you to see with me this morning that Zacchaeus, while he made haste to come down and receive him with joy, we see that thirdly what I'm going to talk about is the power. We see the publican. Here's a man that's despised. Here's a man that's rejected. Here's a man that people don't like, that people would say he definitely needs help. And here's his determination to go and meet with Jesus. And finally, Jesus passes by, gives him a call or a plea. I'm going to your house. Zacchaeus receives him joyfully. And then I want you to notice this simple thought that Zacchaeus was a changed man. Zacchaeus was a changed man. Look at verse 8. The Bible tells us this in verse 8 and 9. It says, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. What we read here taking place is very significant, and I want us to catch it this morning, because Zacchaeus, in the midst of all of the people that would be there, we would need to know this, that at dinner that day or at lunch that day, it wouldn't just be Zacchaeus and Jesus. The culture, when Jesus says, I'm going to come over to your place, it means that Zacchaeus, he would receive Christ and and host him in the house. And as he's hosting him, anybody could come in and take part of listening in. Well, we know that there was a great crowd because the Bible tells us that Zacchaeus couldn't see him because of the crowd. That's why he climbed the tree. 
That crowd would follow Jesus. They would follow Zacchaeus. They're now sitting in this chief publican's house. And as they're sitting in there, Zacchaeus makes a very bold statement. What's his statement? First two words, behold, Lord. Behold, Lord. The word behold, it means, hey, listen up, stop. He's trying to get everybody's attention. Some of you that got your attention, huh? Woke you up. I'm sorry. Go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. He, it, it, got, it got their attention. Behold. And then he said, Lord, if I've taken anything from anybody, I'm going to restore it. You know, what he's, you know what he's showing us? He had received Christ into his home, had received Christ into his life. And now he's realizing not only does Jesus need to be my Savior, but he needs to be my Lord. He needs to be one who's changing me from the inside out. Now we see this man, this publican, no longer is he saying, now, Lord, one second, I gotta go, take, I gotta go get some more taxes. I gotta go uh, do some more extortion. I've gotta go and, and be rude to my own people again. Not, not as he, he's not doing that anymore. Now he's saying, no, generosity is gonna replace greed. He's saying, no, ethics are gonna replace extortion. He's saying, my honesty is gonna replace my harshness. Well, why would Jesus do that? The truth is this, Jesus, why would Zacchaeus do that? Excuse me. Why would he do that? It's because Jesus changes everything. Man, Jesus Christ, he changes everything. Let me tell you this today, that when someone receives Jesus into their life, they get so much more than eternal life. I got this on the statement. When we receive Jesus into our life, we receive so much more than just eternity in heaven and forgiveness of sins. The truth is this, that when, you, when a person makes a decision like Zacchaeus does to receive Jesus into their, into their life, into their heart, man, you get a heavenly father. Romans chapter 8 says that we, we get the spirit whereby we cry, Abba, Father, that he becomes my dear father. Not only do we get a heavenly father, but we get someone to guide every decision that we make. When you receive Jesus Christ into your life, man, he moves into your life, and the Bible tells us that he becomes the chief counselor, the one with all wisdom to help every decision I make. I'm thankful today that when I got Jesus into my life when I was 20 years old, that I got someone that was going to hold my hand through every trial I would ever go through. I'm thankful today that when I received Christ into my life, that I got someone who would give me peace in the midst of storms. I'm thankful today that when I receive Christ into my life and when you receive Jesus into your life, you get someone who seals your heart for all of eternity. Can I just tell you this morning, Jesus, he changes everything. He changes absolutely everything. And here we find a great change taking place in Zacchaeus' life. A great change taking place in his life. He's now understanding perhaps what Paul would later write when Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. You see, here's the fact of the matter is that Jesus doesn't want to just be your savior to give you an eternal life in heaven. Oh, that's, that's a great part of it. That's why Jesus came is to save us from that penalty of hell. But that's not the only reason he came. You see, Jesus Christ, he came. He gave his life on the cross. He rose again from the dead because he wants a relationship with you, because he wants you to know him. He wants to be to you everything the word of God says that he can be. He wants to be that friend that sticks closer to a, than a brother. He wants to be that one that helps you in your trials. He wants to be that one who settles you during circumstances. Jesus Christ wants to build that relationship with each and every person that's here. And I want you to see this morning, we're looking, we see the public in that plea and the power. 
As we close today, I really want to just look at why this story is recorded for us in Luke chapter number 10. And that's because of what I'm calling the pursuit. The pursuit. I want you to look at verse number 10 and read these words. It says this. It says, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. If you've been here on our Sunday mornings at all lately, we've been going through that series, Relentless, understanding the pursuing grace and mercy of God. And that's what we're going to see very quickly this morning because in this verse, Jesus points out for everybody the fact that God pursues the human heart. God, God is after every single person to have a relationship with them. It says the Son of Man. That's talking about Jesus. He has come. Why has he come? Well, here's the purpose. Here's every someone would say, well, why did Jesus ever come? You can go right to this verse. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. You say, well, what does that mean? Who's lost? Everyone. Everyone is in need of a savior. And you know what Jesus is saying right here? He's declaring this is the reason that I am on the earth is to pursue the lost. The word save right here, it means to deliver or to protect from. Many of our uh, military and first responders that we honored a few minutes ago and had you stand and gave you that gift bag, many of you have been involved in, in uh, search and rescue efforts. And maybe you can recall being involved in a search and rescue effort where uh, you'll get certain gear and go out maybe into the woods to try to find somebody who's lost or find somebody who's been missing for a few days. Maybe it's a, a hiker or a camper or a car that's just been gone, been involved in search and rescue efforts and maybe trying to find that person who's lost and out there in desperation. And let me tell you, there's some amazing stories of the first responders in search and rescue. There's some amazing heroes that have accomplished some great things. But can I just tell you this morning that Jesus Christ, he is the greatest search and rescue person that there's ever been because his cause is eternal. He came as the son of God. Jesus Christ, he was perfect. He never sinned. And yet he went to the cross. Why? He went there to die for your sins and mine. He went there to pay the payment for the wrong that you and I have done. The Bible actually says it this way in Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of us all, was a, uh, of our peace, was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. I want you to know that Jesus endured everything at the cross, having that crown of thorns placed upon his head and being beat with that, that a cat of nine tails and being uh, literally whipped to just a pulp and Jesus just being the skeleton of a man, his flesh whipped, ripped open, bleeding from everywhere in his body. And then he laid down his life on the cross and there he died. But the Bible tells us that his life wasn't taken from him. He said, I lay it down. And I take it up again. Well, why would Jesus do that? He did that because you and I were all sinners. Maybe you're like the little boy that my kids and my wife were talking to just recently. They were talking to one of the neighbor kids. The, boy, the, the kids came and said, Mom, would you talk to so-and-so? And they were sitting there and <clears throat> talking to this little boy about, about Jesus and trying to tell him and said, now, you, know, you got to understand that we're all sinners. Do you know what sin is? And Yeah, sin is something you do bad. Well, and called him by name, little Timmy. I'll just use Timmy for now. It might be Johnny in just a second if I forget. So just know that if I name some little kid, that's who I'm talking about. He said, well, little Timmy, 
do you know that you're a sinner? He said, nope, I'm not a sinner. Now, you got to understand, in our neighborhood, everybody knows little Timmy. He's a little sinner. He like, he's, he's the neighborhood kid that people are like, oh, Timmy's coming, hide your bike. Hey, Timmy's coming, put the, put the Nerf guns away. What, little, little Timmy, he's the one that, you no, know, we would all say, yeah, you're a sinner. And little Timmy, he just said, nope, not a sinner. And Hannah's sitting there talking to him, well, Timmy, you know, have you ever told a lie? Nope. Timmy, you ever stole something? We're like, we know you stole it last week. He's like, nope. She went through all this stuff, little Timmy, he's just, nope, nope, nope. And finally, she's like, well, Timmy, we can't, we can't continue talking about this if you don't know that you're a sinner. And he's like, fine, maybe like once. <laughs> and a few seconds went by, and they were talking, and one of the kids started talking, and he got up, and he went right behind my wife's head, and he went, never sinned. <laughs> maybe you're like little Timmy. I've met some adults like that. I've met some teenagers like that. No, you know, I've, I, I, I can't remember any time that I've ever sinned. The truth is today that we've all sinned. We've all sinned, and the Bible says that we've all come short of the glory of God. Man, we've all sinned. We've all broken God's law. We've all done things where we know that we've sinned against God. Well, can I tell you, that's exactly why Jesus came. The Word of God actually says this in John three sixteen through 18, probably the most famous scripture ever quoted, and yet, misunderstood. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For because God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him, Jesus, is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Listen, the truth is this today, that every single person has sinned, and you are the reason, and I am the reason that Jesus Christ came. Because the Bible tells us that the wages of our sin, it's death. We deserve hell, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God. It is a gift. It's something free. It's something that we don't have to do anything for. It's something that's completely given to you and I, free of charge. Can I just say that the simple decision that we have to make is the same decision that Zacchaeus made, the decision to receive him. You know, if I were to take uh, my phone out and I were to come to Leo, and I've used this before, I were to say, Leo, my phone, it's a gift from me to you if you go wash my car. Is that a gift? No, he had to do something for it. But if I say, Leo, this phone is a gift from me to you, what does he have to do to make it his? He has to take it. He's got to receive it. And can I tell you this morning that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he was on that cross and he was saying to you and to me, I'm giving my life for you. I'm offering you complete forgiveness. I'm offering you eternity in heaven. I'm offering you restoration with God. I'm offering you the peace and joy, everything that comes along with Jesus. I'm offering it all to you. You know, all that we have to do is take it. We have to receive it. Well, how do we receive it? Well, it's some great verses, Romans chapter 10, 
verses 9 through 13, it says this, Romans 10, 9 through 13, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. You know what that means? That means whoever asks Jesus, whoever receives Jesus, God is able to forgive their sin. Whether you're a child of God, a Jew, the people of God, or a Gentile, someone that they considered wicked. And it says this, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, a lot of people, they think that they have to do stuff to get to heaven. I've talked to people involved in uh, search and rescues and uh, the, uh, um, those that are going out and trying to find someone. And, you know, if you ever talk to a lifeguard, you know who lifeguards say are the hardest people to rescue? The hardest people to, to rescue, lifeguards say, are those who think they can save themselves. Because here's the lifeguard out there saying, come on, I've got you, just relax and let me carry you in. And that person's just flailing and screaming and hitting the light. My sister was a lifeguard for a while and she'd say, anytime she's trying to rescue someone, she'd just, hey, stop moving for just a moment. I've got you, let me take you in. You know what? There's a lot of people in this world, they're trying to save themselves. They're trying to save themselves with this religion or that religion trying to save themselves with this, this church or that church or this baptism or that baptism. A lot of people trying to save themselves by being a good person, trying to save themselves by setting themselves up to hopefully earn their way into heaven. Can I tell you that you and I, we cannot save ourselves. We can't do that. The only one that can save us is Jesus Christ. He is the only single person in the history of the world that can forgive you of your sin give you an eternal home in heaven and make you a child of God. It's only through Jesus. You see today in our lives, what we need to understand is we have to make the same decision that Zacchaeus did. We have to receive him into our life. Zacchaeus, what'd you learn? You met Jesus, you were seeking him, you wanted to see him to make a decision about him. What decision did you make? Zacchaeus would say, I received him into my life. I want to ask you a very simple question today. The question is this. Have you received Jesus Christ into your life? And do you know that if you died today that you'd go to heaven? Do you know that Jesus Christ is your Savior? Have you put your faith and your trust in him alone? Or are you one trying to save yourself? Saying, well, I think I'm a good person. Well, I think I, I wonder today have you received Christ into your life? If you're here today and you have received him into your life, just a moment ago, we looked at the change that Jesus brought into Zacchaeus' life. I wonder if that change is taking place in your life. I wonder if people are seeing you become more like Jesus Christ. But this morning, I really want to close by simply looking at this, that if you're here and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, today could be that day. Today could be the day where you put your faith and your trust completely in him where you say, I'm done trusting myself. I'm not gonna try to save myself. I'm, not, I'm gonna realize that I can't be good enough to get to heaven. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, 
please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.